0: you can craft the best email in the world that's you know incredibly good and thoughtful and, and what have you but if people don't see it if it goes in the spam folder or doesn't get delivered it doesn't matter it's it's increasingly harder to get your emails open even when people do see them but if you don't get in the inbox it, it does not it does not matter at all
1: Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we're going to talk about cold email, lead generation, and the business-to-business side. And I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. My guest today is somebody that I had connected with on LinkedIn. He works in the B2B space. He is also a fellow podcaster, podcast host. He has a podcast called the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. His name is Morgan Williams. He works as an enterprise sales rep. He is a blogger, as I mentioned, a podcaster host. He's based in uh, Chicago, Illinois, and he helps companies create content so their their salespeople can master cold outreach so they can book more appointments with their ideal leads. So I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. So uh, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Morgan, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today.
0: Thank you so much, Doug. Pleasure to be here.
1: Super excited to have you on the show. And I looked at your bio and your background. I thought, this is really cool. A a B2B guy who's in lead generation. And I was doing some uh, keyword research on a a project for a client. And it was uh, interesting that uh, that's one of the number one issues that businesses struggle with. So do you want to just give us a uh, 30,000 foot view of, you know, kind of what you're doing, and then we can dive a little bit deeper into the tactics?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you are right. It is a pressing issue for every, I'm, I pretty much work in technology, SaaS. That's kind of the environment that I'm in. And it's, a, it's really a, an issue for every company that's looking to sell to other businesses, right? How do you get new blood in the door? How do you get more, more revenue? How do you get more sales? And that all starts with meetings, right? B2B, you need to get in front of your ideal prospects and talk to them, help solve their problems and start the sales process. Well, most people have that covered when it comes to warm contacts, right? They're selling to their warm network or referrals or, or what have you, but getting the attention and gaining the trust of cold prospects within a sales cycle is tough. It's challenging. And what's what's making this even harder in a 2020 environment is the fact that there are so many companies or sellers that are entering the system, right? It's supply and demand. There's more sellers enter, entering the system. And uh, at least I used to work in cybersecurity and we're seeing that a lot. There's a ton of sellers entering, entering the system and the number of buyers are staying relatively stagnant or growing very slowly. So you get into a situation where you, the competition is just getting more and more heated. And if, you, if any of your listeners have, I'm sure they've heard of um, blue ocean versus red ocean. Yeah. A lot of us are operating in red oceans and we got to figure out a way to kind of cut through the noise and, and get attention of our prospects.
1: That's a great. That's a great book. I quote that <clears throat> almost every day. There's not a day that goes by when when I when I talk about stepping out of from what everybody else is doing, and and come at it from a different angle. So we were talking about cold. So I mean, the old conversation that you hear over and over in sales is that it's better to sell to a warm a warm network or a warm prospect. But at some point, those people are cold and don't know your company. So for people that you know, our uh, listeners that are selling to, uh, to other businesses, where's the starting point? So I'm assuming. You know, everyone's got a website, they've got some sort of social presence, they may they may be doing some form of advertising, but with, you know, people um, tuning out advertising, uh, where do you tell people to get started?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like to work off of existing models that have been proven. And one person in the marketing world who is pretty much the Michael Jordan of direct response, Dan Kennedy, I'm sure your listeners have heard of, um, has a process for reaching a market and getting them to take action, right? He has a process of starting with the market as most important, then your offer, and then your copy or your message, right? So I take that approach when it comes to uh, getting the attention of prospects. The first thing I want to start with, the most important piece is the market, right? And when you're looking to get the attention of someone You really need to focus on the pain points, the problem. Most often, the vast majority of the time in business, changes aren't being made. People aren't, people are, are, only buying stuff and investing in vendors when they have a problem they need to solve. Right. So that's the focus. Now, this this is on a sliding scale. If you're at a company that is more well known in your in your space, uh, in your industry or just to the public, it's easier to get meetings. I interviewed a guy uh, last year. He used to work at Google and I said, you know, it's sales for Google. And I said, you know, what was that like? And he's like, well, when you cold call them, they don't hang up the phone. You know what I mean? So if you got that brand equity, you just say, Hey, I'm here. But for most people, they are operating where they may be at a startup or at a company that's not as well known. So so the the further you are on that, and you need to focus on the problem and the pain point that your prospect has. Yep. That's yep. where you start.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned Dan Kennedy because beside my uh, beside my computer, I keep a handful of books that I regularly refer to, meaning I would look at them at least once a week. And one of them is called The Ultimate Marketing Plan. That was the, other one's the mm-hmm. Ultimate Sales Letter. Yep. So I I started buying Dan Kennedy stuff when uh, he was publishing by paper three ring binders and sending out cassette tapes, oh, nice. and have followed him for a really long time. So so good for you and, and you're right i think lots of times you can look at a different angle i worked with a company an international company based out of france called lafarge they sell uh, concrete most people assume that you know all they do is pour concrete for high rises and uh, we for blue ocean strategy we went to craigslist and we ran put free public or free posts in, in uh, craigslist to drive their sand and gravel sales for homeowners that want to do a, something small in their yard or put a sandbox in for the kids because they didn't know that that was available. So there was a big brand that needed to get out of the big brand marketing and get to where the consumers were, like you said, where your audience is, and get a message in front of them. Absolutely. Meet
0: them where they are.
1: So, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, uh, we've all heard that you need to find your customer avatar, find out where they are, find out what they do, find out where they hang out, what they read, what they like, what they don't like what strategies do you use to reach them once you've identified them so if we've identified hey this is this is the pool that I want to go I want to fish in how do you get in there
0: right so there's a lot of information online about Cold email, cold calling. Let's at LinkedIn. And there's a lot of flashy, cool stuff, cold email templates, which are good strategies and tactics. But uh, the way I like to start is in a quote I heard that tactics change often, the strategies sometimes change, but the fundamentals or uh, the principles never change. Right? So anytime I'm looking to communicate with a prospect, if I'm reaching out cold, I use basic fundamental ada communication. So if like if you're writing, it's the same as if you're writing a sales letter, if I'm if I if I'm in cold outreach, if I'm writing an email, if I'm writing a phone script, I first have to get their attention right then i have to get then i have to generate interest then i have to build desire and then i have to get them to take action so if i'm looking at a group of prospects let's say i've got them in a in a smaller group of prospects let's say uh, 50 or 100 right i want to group them as tightly as possible and when i reach out to them i want to craft my emails in a way that's completely customer focused and completely customer centered right What's difficult about this is is people always say, or I should say in the B2B world, when it comes to cold outreach, people say, you got to add value. You got to add value. But it can be difficult because you may feel like, well, what am I going to you know just sharing a random article with someone isn't value or you know just just mentioning where someone went to college and using that to kind of build a connection isn't 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 value you have to really go through that next step and figure it out so can i share a story with with how i did this and something your users can or your excuse me your users i'm in software mode something your <laughs> listeners um, listen, listeners can implement <laughs> yeah right or, yeah let's, let's go okay so I was working for a cybersecurity startup doing some consulting work at the time, and I was selling to CIOs, CISOs, so chief information officers, chief information security officers, and they are notoriously tough to get in front of for several different reasons. But security is a tough market to operate in, a tough market to sell in, and it can be brutal regular outreach wasn't working. They're really not that interested in getting on sales calls until you know budget cycles come up and they're interested in what you're doing. So what I did was I looked online on LinkedIn and found, uh, I looked to figure out, okay, what do these decision makers want? B2B is great because you know who your prospect is. So I started looking around and I saw, I'm going to look for people who are more visible online. So I was looking for those C-suite individuals who were, I could tell they were trying to build their personal brands and become thought leaders. They were posting on Medium. They were posting on LinkedIn. They were doing local TV in their own markets, like getting interviewed. They were uh, active on LinkedIn, making an effort. And I have experience in guest posting or posting on another blog and giving them content and you get traffic. So I went to a security blog and I said, Hey, I want to do, give you guys an article. That's, you know, the top 10, what the top 10 security experts say to watch out for in 2020 or 2019. They said sure. So what I did was I reached out to these individuals and I said, "Hey, I'm writing an article for this website called Blank. Can I get? Uh, I don't need any of your time on the phone, but can I ask you three questions and can you respond to to those so I can put them in the article and and uh, quote you?". And the response was like night and day, right? It, it was it was crazy when when you reframe it and add value and you look to how can I give these people something rather than take something from them? How can I give them value instead of taking away time or attention with a sales call so I can pepper them with questions on how to sell to them and keep hitting them up? How can you give them value and put yourself in a different category, right? And another uh, little hack. So in that that
1: case, you started with social. Correct. To see who, who is out there, who's trying to grow their brand and their reach.
0: Exactly. Absolutely.
1: Cool. So, yeah, carry on.
0: Yeah. So, and it does take time and it does take effort to do all that reaching out to people. But a way that you can get people to come to you is if you use a service called Help a Reporter. It used to be called Help a Reporter Out. I uh, believe it's at harrow.com, H-A-R-O. And this is a massive serve for PR and media. And all they do is they connect people who are writing stories, doing podcasts, uh, doing videos with people who want publicity and, and want to get published. Uh, so you can go on there and say, you put in a pitch, uh, you write down what you what you want what type of guests you want or interviews you want to do. And they'll send an email blast out to tens or even hundreds of thousands of people. And you'll start to get these responses back of, Hey, here's why you should interview me. Hey, here's where I can help you. Here's where I can help your story or or what you're doing. And you'd be surprised at the types of comp- people from the types of companies that are reaching out, sometimes you're going to get your mix of, you know, marketing people or PR people like, hey, I rep- represent so-and-so. And they do, but you're not getting direct access to them. But the fact is, at the end of the day, you're bringing value by getting a piece published for this person who's obviously interested in getting publicity and you're you're putting yourself in a different category.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I use I use Haro. I, I actually one of the ways that I use Haro it, so to just to kind of support your your comment about adding value is I use it to add value to other people. So just a couple of days ago, there was a request in the business and finance uh, one of the I don't know whether it was the morning or the afternoon brief from Haro, and they were looking for experts in the video marketing space to comment for an article. So I just took and cut and paste that information of what the requirements were and who the reporter was requesting it. And I sent it out to my network of people that are in the video business and not everybody responded. Um, Some people, obviously I could see they opened the email, but I had other people that sent me a note back saying, Hey, thanks. So it was a way for me to touch them with a communication without selling them anything and to add value because now they've got an opportunity to use a tool like that to grow their business and get an article published.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even if people aren't, even people don't take you up in the offer, the fact that you're doing something selfless and just you know trying to bring value to them is is a, is a win as well.
1: So talk to me a little bit about cold email. I mean, the whole email space, it's funny because I hear all sorts of stuff about email. I'm a yeah. huge fan of email. I do a lot of stuff with rented data. Actually, I do work with a lot of companies in your hometown in, in Chicago. I've worked with Zach's okay. Financial for years, renting their data. And one of my last guests said, hey, for all you people who say that email doesn't work it's dead. He said, just shut off all your email accounts and see how that works. But that's for traditional stuff. So talk to me about cold email and and share with our audience what you mean by cold email for those who may not understand what you're talking about and what it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing is cold email is not spam. Spam is sending out irrelevant messages to people at high volumes. Cold email is reaching out to a business or to a person with a relevant message where they have no prior knowledge of you. They're not expecting you to reach out. You're literally just reaching out Cold, right? You're. It's. It would be the equivalent to doing cold calls if you have a list of people and calling them, or going around and, and knocking on doors and selling. So that would be uh, cold email. The reason cold email, uh, the process is or the medium is so valuable is because like. You you're right. You need email for anything on the internet. I mean, everyone has an email address. You can't sign up for any app or social network or anything without an email address. You had to have it. And it's great for B2B because anyone working at a business in a business is going to have an email address. They're going to be in their email inbox. They're going to be they're they're, they're able to be reached by email. So Cold email is a big topic, but I like to think about it as an art and a science. So uh, the science piece is literally getting into the inbox, which which can be tough <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's yes, so it important. Yeah. Like, I'm not a technical person, but I know enough to be dangerous about cold email to to get in the inbox. But the reason you got to start there is because you can craft the best email in the world. That's, you know, incredibly good and thoughtful and, and what have you. But if people don't see it, if it goes in the spam folder or doesn't get delivered, it doesn't matter. It's, it's increasingly harder to get your emails open even when people do see them. But if you don't get in the inbox, it, it does not, it does not matter at all. So what the term for that is, is email deliverability. And that's, that has to do with your domain, the, the, um, the, basically the reputation of your domain, right? And how safe or how trusted your domain is when it sends e- when you send email. Sending high volumes of email from your domain, from your main domain, is something you should never do because it can hurt your reputation. Um, so a practice that I've done in the past, and if you've actually ever gotten an email from Facebook before or some bigger companies, you'll see this, is that they won't send you email from facebook.com. They'll send you email from facebookmail. Dot com. And that's because they are using that domain to send out all their, e- all their emails so that right. they won't get penalized by sending out HiveLime's email from their domain and then actually hurt emails that they're sending to, you know, whomever from that domain. I hope I explained that well. But
1: Yeah, they're existing customers. I The term absolutely. that I've used, and I don't know whether it's correct or not, is I call it a shield domain. And it's like you said, it's set up specifically to to send uh, to send email, to reach out, to introduce your business to people. But you want to do that separate from uh, separate from your your primary communications, because the last thing you need is to try to send uh, an email to one of your uh, fellow employees or a vendor and, and not have those emails showing up in their inbox
0: exactly and you you can simply when you do that you can simply set up a global redirect and so if anyone goes to that domain they can be redirected to your main domain and you know the the process will be seamless so so there's a way to kind of get around that too but a lot goes into that technical part but that technical piece is that first piece making sure that you can get into the inbox the second part which is really my favorite is the art. I am obsessed with what can I send people that gets them to open, click, take action, right? I just love that piece because I love the psychology that goes into it. I love the salesmanship that goes into it. And I just love that feeling of, of, of getting people to take action and providing value.
1: When i like the content because i i was on your website and i had t- i signed up for your newsletter and mm-hmm. i i clicked on a link and it took me to a a template that you had that showed some cold email and i scrolled through with the images and i thought very very creative right. i mean I'll, you know they weren't they weren't the, the traditional big advertising agency branded emails that were heavy with with banners and buttons it looked like an email that i would send a friend of mine or a colleague of mine And just in conversational language.
0: Absolutely. And that's the that's the problem that a lot of people run into when they start with cold emailing is because they log into their computer, log into their email and they write a cold email. And it's like sending someone a novel. It's, you know. Here's who I am. Here's I'm I'm introducing myself. This is my company. This is what we do. And it's all self-serving. And I completely understand it. Like, you know, you're you want to make a formal introduction to someone. You want them to know how, you know, who you are and 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 what you do. But people just aren't interested in that. You know, people are self-interested at the core. At their core when it comes to, you know, when they're when they're thumbing through their inbox, right? We're more attracted to things that we see that are going to provide us value and things that are familiar. And one way to increase open rates, increase reply rates is by crafting emails in a way that are more, more personal. Right. They are more, they seem like more like they're coming from a friend rather than a business. I mean, you just think about, you know, ad fatigue or banner blindness, like we're getting hit with so many ads and so many sales messages that we become numb to it. So when we see one, we, you know, just like immediately want to delete or don't pay attention to it. So, when it comes to gaining attention with cold email, being personal, personal, being real, being human is a great strategy. And I know you mentioned some of the templates and things, or um, some emails within the templates. I had, you know, a picture of Cookie Monster on there. And I had, you know, a comic strip and, and cool. things like that. Yep. And it's, yeah, yeah. The reason I like to do stuff like that and use memes is because I want an emotion. An emotion is 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 what's going to get someone to take action. I just need a split second of emotion for them to respond and to tell me something and and to and to reply. And the reason why that's so important is because and I see this a lot. People send cold emails asking for meetings, asking for time to book. I never do that. I never send an email asking to meet if it's my first cold email if the person hasn't responded to me because I'm looking for engagement. I'm looking for conversation. If they it's it's like Cialdini's six principles of persuasion, commitment to consistency. If I can get them to respond to me and engage with me, it's much easier for them to keep talking to me and then take that next step. Going from stranger to meeting with you for 30 minutes is a big jump, but going from stranger to conversation and to me explaining myself a little bit more, sure. then okay, then let's, let's meet. So I hope I answered that question, but that's what I try to do.
1: Yeah. And it's. I think it's the same in all medias. I mean, if we, even if we look at LinkedIn, I mean, I connected with you on LinkedIn and, and I reached out and said, hey, love what you're doing. Would love to have a conversation with you. And so we started a dialogue and, you know, a lot of times I get people that connect with me on LinkedIn and the very first message they send me is their is their bio, their resume and what they do. And so to your point, I understand why they're doing that. But what makes it worse is often the pitch that they're sending me is totally irrelevant. I just right. had somebody request to connect with me because they help orthodontists book appointments. <laughs> and so, so you've so you've looked at my profile. <laughs> yeah. Is there any indication that that I might be in any way associated with an orthodontic company? No,
0: that's not the slightest. No, so you got a nice yeah, teeth, so, I mean, though, the- so you got a nice smile. So maybe <laughs> yeah. that's it.
1: Yeah, that was a long so yes, yeah, so okay, I did have braces yeah. but I but I'm not a customer. <laughs> My grandkids in in you know 4 or 5 years might need braces as well, but you might be a bit early and I'm not an orthodontist. So, you know, if you're going to if you're going to um fail and send a pitch, at least send a relevant pitch. Yeah. Um <laughs> in terms of identifying your market so when you talk to your your clients about this and you um, bring up the whole conversation on okay let's have engage let's look at a strategy where we engage in social look where your audience is define who they are where they hang out and then we want to get to a point where we're going to somehow acquire build and set up a list of people to call prospect. So what's typically the uh, the response you hear
0: do uh, you mean like what are the response rates and like open rates and things like?
1: No, I mean, like when you talk to your customer, because I mean, cold, cold email, you know, not unlike any other advertising media, there's people who do it right and there's people who don't do it right. So, you know, does it come, uh, is it come to as a surprise to your, uh, to your clients when you talk to them about cold email as a strategy for outreach or do they come to you because of that?
0: I would say it's, there's either the people who haven't really tried it before or the people who say it doesn't work like cold email doesn't work or, Hey, I'm interested in it, but I haven't tried it before. Uh, There's two big things I've noticed with people who say it doesn't work. And if, if you're doing cold email and you're having a little bit of success or not a ton of success, if you do these two things, you will have more success. I can pretty much guarantee it. So when someone tells me cold email don't, doesn't work, I say, okay, well, show me the email you send. And you know, I see it and it's usually not very good, but that the quality of the email aside, I say, okay, how many times did you follow up with them? Say, follow up. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, you you sent this email and then you followed up several times after that, right? And like, no, I mean I just emailed a hundred people and none of them responded. So I, you know, it didn't work. I'm like, of course it didn't work because you didn't follow up. It's not about the first message. It's about that sequence. It's about how many times you follow up. And the second piece of that is, uh, and I'll come back to that too. But the second piece of that is, it takes way more people than you think to get the result that you want. Like prospects to reach out to, you can't just email 20, 30 people and expect you know fifteen, twenty of them to respond to you or, or, or what have you. I mean, you you, you have to. The, the two big things you can do is is make your prospect pool larger and follow up more, but please follow up more. anyone, please follow up more. If you follow up several times, you will have increased response rates. I promise you and the is way-
1: there a, is there a magic formula for that because I know with the Dan Kennedy stuff I mean I, I use his uh, his uh, formula years ago and i've I've just completed a direct mail campaign using the same formula where we direct mail people three times mm-hmm. and we typically get a, a better response to the most response on the last letter. okay. So what's your what's your, your follow-up sequence? How many times do you think we need to reach people?
0: Here's a here's a basic sequence. And it's it, any any this is like a basic one you can you can send fewer if you want. I, I would I would say this is the most you could send before you would probably have to I wouldn't send any more than this many emails before like stopping for 6 months and coming back to them so I typically create a campaign of 8 emails but I would say go no lower than 5 if you can send one email and then follow up 4 times that that that's that's sufficient but Eight emails. So uh, the big thing is you don't want to send eight emails in eight days, you know, when we follow up, follow up, follow up. No, no, no. Yeah, I sent you an email last night. How can you <laughs> yeah, have responded right? yet? You can't be doing something other than, you know, uh, I know you're just waiting for me to email you again, right? But um, yeah. Uh, so I sent eight emails over a period of about two months. Okay. So I'll send, see, and and that's the thing. You got to, you got to lower the frequency and more frequent in the beginning and then less frequent as you, as you go on. And it doesn't have to be that many, but I would say that's like the max. So uh, a good little rule of thumb or, or, or sequence would be like, um, you know, your first day you send your email, next day I follow up. Then I wait three days later, I follow up again. Then five days after that, I follow up. Then I wait a week after that, follow up, another week, follow up, and then two weeks, follow up, and then two weeks follow up okay and so it's like you're following up more frequently in the beginning, but you' you're, you're there's a thin line between being tenacious and being you know annoying a nu- a
1: nuisance, sure, right. But, you know, the one thing that I just want to point out to our listeners is that, and so I'll just speak from my own side. So, you know, I spend all day on the computer, you know, working, either working for my clients or or looking for tools and techniques. And so I'll often, I'll even reach out to companies and say, hey, I'd like I'd like to have a demo. and And sometimes I don't respond to any of their emails for a week or 10 days because I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Now, this is somebody that I've reached out to. So I've made the, I've taken the initiative. And you know it just hasn't been it hasn't been a high priority that week because something else is there. So you know when I'm in the buying mode, if I'm going to ignore an email for a week from something that I'm interested in, when I'm not necessarily in the buying mode, you know it's not uncommon, like you said, to to expect that people aren't going to respond on the first day or the second day's email. It might take several uh, several touches before they say, okay, look, I've been getting these emails from uh, from Morgan. They look pretty cool. Today today's the day I'm going to phone him. Him or connect with him and learn more about what he's doing.
0: Yeah, and and two things with that or a couple of things with that. I always make it if I'm sending an email sequence, if I'm using, you know, a follow-up tool to send to do the campaign, I want to make it as easy as possible for someone to stop getting messages from me. So I will I will tell them, you know, usually PS, you know, if you want to stop getting messages from me, just reply, no, or click this link below. And, and, you know, I won't see any more messages. So you want to make it easy for people to, to, to opt out. Also, if you're in a, if you're engaged in a sales conversation with someone or someone has like, you know, reached out inbound and said, Hey, I'm interested. Or someone has responded to your cold email and said, Hey, I'm interested. I would continue following up with that one, with that person. I mean, Pretty much I would, I would not stop following up. Like I, I, I will, it might get to the point where I'm following up with them quarterly. Right. If, if they've, if we've had a back and forth and they've gone cold, you know, I'll follow up maybe like a week, a week, a week, then start doing it biweekly. And then I would go to quarterly or something after that, but I would not, if they've, if they've shown interest, I we'll keep following up with them until they say hey no thanks or or something like that because um they they haven't told you no they've said they've interested but they haven't told you no so it's probably a timing issue yeah that's a great and a that's a great tip for yeah. anyone
1: regardless of, of what marketing you're doing if somebody's put their hand up and said i'm interested you keep talking to them until they say yeah. hey you know i don't have the budget i'm not going to move forward with you or whatever it is until you get a a, a no um right. yeah absolutely cool so it when you um structure a program or create a program for someone, is uh, cold email the the kind of the hev- do the heavy lifting or are there other tactics you use? So you had mentioned you use social. Yeah. And we talked about cold email. And now is there something else that's missing in that that formula without you revealing all your top secrets?
0: <laughs> no, I'm happy to reveal them all. Um Nothing beats the telephone, um, especially in B two B. If you want a significant amount of money from someone, if you're trying to sell them something, eventually they're going to want to talk to you on the phone. And the phone is an incredibly powerful tool. If you are skilled on the phone and you can think on your feet, you can do any of this any of this cold outreach stuff. So I, the phone is a is a, is a great component, and and it goes great with email. And here's why. A lot of times people who don't have a lot of experience with cold email think it's like, hey, I just hook up this cold email sequence with my Calendly link and people will just book on my calendar and then I can sell to them. But it doesn't really work like that. They don't like do that? that. You, they don't get a cold it, email it, and book it, right away? Wow. It's, it, it's, yeah, amazing. right? It it doesn't really work like that. Some people do, but that's a small number of people people usually what happens is people are going to respond to you with some sort of question. They're going to, well, sometimes they tell you to go to hell or I'm not interested, but for the people who've respond positively, they're going to ask you what the pricing is. They're going to ask you, you know, how it works. They're going to ask you what your guarantee is. They're going to ask some sort of question that's not like, okay, let's talk, but hey, I need to check a few boxes first. Right. And people can lose a lot of leads and a lot of prospects by not handling that process the right way. You have to handle it very delicately because, you know, respond, responding to, you know, playing email back and forth after a couple of days, you may just lose someone and then, you know, they just stop responding because someone else got to him first or, you know, life got in the way or whatever. So one of the most powerful things is not just thinking as, the email sequence is the end all be all, but really just a way to identify hand raisers. So, one of the best things you can do is, as soon as someone as soon as someone emails you back and shows some interest, call them immediately. You know, most people have email signatures with their phone numbers. Call them immediately and try to get them on the phone right then, right there, and then kind of talk to them more if they show interest. That can be something that's incredibly powerful. Uh, and if they don't respond, Email them and say, hey, just gave you a ring. When's when's a good time to try you back? Or let them know that you've called them. Uh, Another another really good thing that kind of goes along with that is something called, there's a book on it called Combo Prospecting. Uh, I forget who the author is, but this will increase your response rates dramatically too. So, the idea with combo prospecting is that um, touch points on their own can be effective, but they're better when combined with each other. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, marketing people listening to this are, are familiar, I'm sure familiar with a pattern interrupt, right? Doing something so that the person that you're communicating to or communicating your sales or marketing message to literally stops and it's a way to grab their attention. Um, so you can do this with prospecting by instead of just calling someone, you know, call them if they don't pick up, leave a voicemail, shoot them a quick email, and maybe hit them up on LinkedIn. Now, there's a lot of moving parts there, but the idea is you wanna shine a light onto the email unless you get them on the phone. So if I call someone, I don't get their machine, or if i don't get them and i get their machine if i call them and i get their voicemail i won't call them and tell them who i am and basically summarize the email i will just say hey it's morgan i just sent you an email subject line is you know xyz or hey i just sent you an email it's morgan and then that's it i want to shine a light on that email and and get them to to take a look at that email and take action from that email because i have yet to find someone who gets a voicemail and says Oh my God, I got to call that sales guy back. <laughs> it just doesn't happen.
1: So is it Combo Prospecting by uh, Tony Hughes? Um, is this the powerful one-two punch that fills it have your pipeline? Does
0: a, a boxing glove it on does, it? It does, yeah. Yes, that's okay. the one.
1: Yeah, I just looked it up. I just looked it up on Amazon. So there's a free shout out for Tony, uh, courtesy of Morgan.
0: Yeah, it, it is very powerful. I I hadn't even thought about it before until until I came across that book, but it works. Um, well, what we
1: found was that when we um, were working with clients raising money, we were um, we were doing sponsored email. So we'd go to someone like Zach's Financial, we would rent their email list. They had a list of like 300,000 names. It was their list. They would send our message out to their audience, but we would run social and 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 paid social and sponsored media at the same time. And what we found was email did the heavy lifting, but running Google AdWords and and paid social and using social media had a big impact on the campaign because people got the email, they went online, they did, they went and did a Google search and then they could see more about the company because your ad came up, your native ad came up, your sponsor piece came up and your website was there.
0: Yeah. And, and if you think about how people use the internet, how we all use it, you know, we're on our laptop, then we go on a couple sites, we close it, hope go on our phone email Facebook Instagram whatever so yep. uh, LinkedIn so it's like y- you want to be where your customers are and those multiple touch points across different channels really has a, a solid effect this is what we see with you know retargeting
1: right yep well, and that goes back to the, just the very premise of the of the Dan Kennedy book around the marketing plan. It's like, where are your people? So, you know, what websites are they visiting? What hobbies do they have? Are they boaters? Are they golfers? Do they drink wine? Are do they travel? Do they like cars? Like, where where else are you going to find them? So you get a really global view of where they are, so you can make sure that wherever they are, you're there as well. Yep. Absolutely. So are there any tools that you use or you'd recommend to manage this? Because we're talking about, Hey, let's do some outreach on social. Let's look at cold emails. So obviously you need to send them an email. So how do you typically manage this or get your clients to manage this? So, you know, they're organized. I mean, it's fine. If we're dealing with 10 people, it's going to be difficult with a hundred people and more than a hundred people you just can't do without a system.
0: Right. Yeah. And it, 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 it depends on right. What level you're at and you know, what, types of capabilities you need. There's tons of tools out there. I like to, I like to think about, okay, if you are a solo person, if I am doing this on my own, what's the most efficient and effective way? What's the most lightweight stuff I would need in order to, to get this done? And my favorite is really the combination of an email follow-up tool and a CRM. And I have a combination that I really like for this. There's a tool called that I've used called Mailshake before. Mailshake. I know who they are, yeah. Yep, and a a CRM that I really like that's for salespeople called PipeDrive. And essentially what it lets you do is when you integrate these two together, it lets you send out these automated email campaigns that kind of drip campaigns that go out over time. When somebody responds to you, The campaign stops and you take over there manually. Otherwise, it follows up for you. But what happens is when someone responds, it drops over into Pipedrive and you're able to read, respond emails, response from emails in Pipedrive in every little kind of email that you get turns into a deal and pipe drive. So it's cool you can move it along that kanban board and pretty much hey, when someone's interested, they become, you know, a lead, a deal in pipe drive and I can respond in there, take notes, call and kind of move them along the process as my conversation with them progresses. And you can do a uh, a lot of damage with just those two tools. It doesn't have to be Mailshake and PipeDrive, it can be, you know, um, others that work together well, but some sort of follow-up tool in a CRM is like the core of what you need to get going
1: well and that makes sense because I've seen you know one of the mistakes I've seen often is that you know a company will generate leads however they generate leads Facebook ads Google AdWords whatever and then they put them into a CRM and tell the sales guys these are leads it's like no, they're prospects right prospects until they raise their hand and do something. So if they've signed up for your email and they haven't they haven't double opted in, phoning them is not going to help. Um yep. if they've been getting your emails and they're not opening them, again, they're they're, you know, you're either not getting it delivered or again, they're not interested. Um they just wanted your lead magnet if it was just, hey, you have to sign up. So if you bribed them to sign up, you know, you're likely to get a lower qualified lead.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: So what are you most excited about in the next, you know, six to 12 months? I mean, I would, the idea is saying, what are you most excited about in the next three to five years looking at the way that technology is changing by the second uh, might be a bit extreme. So in the next six six months or so, you know, with your business and what you see in, in, in the lead gen space and the demand in the SaaS market, what are you most excited about?
0: I've been talking to people about, I've interviewed uh, one person. I've got another lined up for this. This is something really exciting. Intent data is becoming a really hot topic in the B2B space. And essentially what intent data allows you to do is find people who are actually in market for the services you have to offer. Like it you're literally able to, you know, see based on th- based on lots of different data points who would be ready to buy so like imagine if you know you could you knew when a company was about to switch vendors right you knew that moment a lot of the struggle of B2B is dealing with sales cycles, dealing with budget cycles. Uh, you know, when you're selling to consumers, you know, it's kind of like, well, I like it, uh, I'm going to buy it, right? But when we're dealing with businesses, there's more bureaucracy. You see this at the enterprise level, dealing with larger businesses, larger businesses. Deal cycles, especially depending on what you're selling, it can be it can be tough to 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 kind of deal with that. You know, some stuff in cybersecurity was taken up to a year to sell, right? And if you kind of miss that window of you know when they're evaluating different tools and, and making their decision, you know, you got to wait. So uh, imagine how valuable it is to know or to have you know an educated guess on on when a company is going to make a decision with something or or be interested in something that you possibly offer. So that's really interesting. And conversational messaging and B2B texting. Wow. I mean, it is incredible how underutilized texting is in the sales process and how effective it is. It's crazy. (laughs) Now you want to be really careful with how you use it because Texting, you know, texting someone's cell phone is very personal, right? You don't I would never send a cold text to someone I didn't know. It's not like email. I would not do that. Only someone I'm um engaged in discussion with. But if it's someone who I'm in a deal with and they may have gone dark or they may have, you know, dropped off a little bit, you know, a soft text message can be can be great. So that's well, it's funny really because
1: great. SMS was the big rage. It seemed like ten years ago, and right. then it got then it got super quiet. Mm-hmm. And so, at the risk of repeating myself, I'm a I'm a, a subscriber to uh, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk's Wine Club. Oh, okay. And um, you know, it's worth it's worth just looking looking at it. So um, if you drink any wine at all, it's just worth going looking at it. This is called wine text, and so every day I get a text from him. And I get an image of the the wine. I get the score of the wine. I get a description. And then it gives you the price. And often they've got a video. And here's the the magic in this is because he's got my billing information, my shipping information, the only thing I need to do, because you said when you're emailing, make it as simple as possible for your prospects to respond. All I need to do is type in a number and hit send. So I can type in one and get one bottle of wine. Or I could type in... 12 and get a case. That's it. That's it. So I get a text. And the, the problem with that is it's, it's so simple. Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a new cab or there's a Barolo or there's a whatever. Um, it's this price. Um, you just type in 12, hit go and, and it's done. So, you know, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen anything out there where somebody's leveraged it and been able to amass those kinds of huge sales volumes on a daily basis purely in a text platform
0: yeah it's it's uh texting is crazy effective i mean it's it's like email was in the early days when people got an email and it was' ooh, I got an email I I got the whole an, thing I and, got an email and you know, I was like man, look at my inbox <laughs> it's yeah filled to the brim right but you think about you read think about when you get a text, you're reading it right Everyone oh, absolutely text, yeah, all the
1: numbers it. point to point to you're reading it within you know within thirty seconds exactly. for sure.
0: Exactly. So, what's the uh, what's some of the
1: uh, bad advice you hear out there in um, in your space in terms of lead gen or cold outreach?
0: Using a Gmail address to reach out to people, or, or using using an email that you haven't properly uh, prepared for cold email outreach, I would say, just some really like not putting creativity into email templates like uh, you know there's a lot of email templates available on the web from different companies and, and you know great companies but people get hit with that stuff so much like you, you you really to get to get someone's attention in their inbox you really have to be creative like you really have to slow down and think about who you're reaching out to and, you know, what they're doing and and what they want Um, and really stay focused on on the recipient of of the email,
1: of the email, yeah, and they don't need they don't need all the branding. It's funny because I'm thinking of the worst examples I have of email, and I'm not going to name the people because they're all in the email industry. Is that they're heavily designed HTML templates, mm-hmm. and I've got to a very simple form. It's got my name and my logo at the bottom, and the rest of it is just copy. So it looks like I've just typed up a letter and sent it to you. So it makes it really simple for people to read it. You don't need to see, you know, flashing this and flashing that, and banners and borders and. And at least, at least that's my opinion was I changed to that format about eight months ago or so. And that style of writing. And I thought, Hey, you know, the best thing that can happen from this is a whole bunch of people that don't like my messaging will unsubscribe. And then I'll have a tighter audience of people who like the way that I, that I run my business. So, yep. That's really cool. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, you know, I get a lot of cold outreach and I'm sure you do as well from companies that want to help me book leads on, on LinkedIn. Those are my favorite ones because out of all the people who have done a cold outreach to me, um, most of the emails are in the spam box. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably over 90%. A good handful of the cold outreach, um, is done on a Gmail address. Yeah. And then, um, Out of curiosity of the services that they offer, I have responded to um, three or four of them and said, Sure, I would love to learn more about what you're doing and never heard from them again.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, it's like,
1: let me see. So, you want me to hire you to do lead generation for me and you've asked if you can set up an appointment. And I've said yes. And then you've never gotten back to me. Yeah.
0: Ever. Baffling.
1: Yeah, it's, well, I mean, so, I mean, I I can understand why people say it doesn't work because that approach obviously doesn't work.
0: Mm Mm-hmm yeah so let's uh let's
1: uh move to the important part of the uh the conversation today. Not that the information that you 've shared hasn 't been valuable, but i'm going to ask you a couple of questions and i'll let you get back to uh, to serving your customers one is who's one guest now before we do that I should actually uh, we should actually break for a minute and uh you're a fellow podcaster i didn't mention that at the beginning so um Morgan has a podcast it 's b two b sales tech podcast and uh, so he's in the same space he's a fellow podcaster. So I would say check it out if you're looking for a podcast to listen to and learn some B2B uh, sales tips. So having said that, you've interviewed lots of guests. Your answer has got nothing to do with the guests you've recommended. Just a recommendation. Who do you think I should have on my show?
0: Yeah, uh, there is someone that I interviewed recently and have been developing a really good relationship who is doing some really incredible things in e-commerce. His name is Chase Diamond. Diamond without the A, D-I-M-O-N-D. He's doing, um, I do cold email and out cold outreach all for B2B. Uh, he's pretty much, ni- he's 90% B2C. He's doing a ton of really cool things. Uh, he's got an e- e-commerce email marketing agency, and he's doing a lot of really cool things in the e-commerce space. And He's, he's building email lists. He's bringing customers, to people with email marketing. Um, he sold, uh, a business like he's, he's doing some really cool stuff for direct to consumer brands, uh, all with email. So I'd say, um, I definitely love you here or love to hear you speak with him because he has, you know, he's got the flip side. He's doing a lot of cool things with B2C brands.
1: Well, that'd be great. If you would uh, be willing to make an introduction by email, that'd be great. And I'll connect with them and see if we can get them booked in the show. Absolutely. So Morgan, where's the best place for people to reach you, learn more about you, your services, your business, and uh, just to get to know you a little bit better?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So people can find me on LinkedIn, Morgan Williams. They can also find me at my website at morgandwilliams.com. dot com. That's D as in David. Uh you mentioned the B2B Sales Tech podcast uh as well on, you know, Apple, Google, all the all the fan favorites there. But if anyone wants to really see a campaign, how I construct it from beginning to end, right, the thought process that goes into creating it, uh, I have a case study. It's pretty lengthy, 4,000 words or so uh, that people can download and read. And it actually includes the email templates that I used in the campaign as well. So it will give you a really good overview uh, as well as a, a deep dive uh, actually into um, how I construct campaigns and, and and run them. And you can get that at morgandwilliams.com slash real fast
1: real fast hey there you go i like that. i've heard that term right. someplace before i think people <laughs> like stuff really fast right. we live in the microwave mentality we want to be able to push a button and have a result right away you got that right so there you go so i just want to say thanks so much for taking time out of your day and sharing with uh sharing with me and sharing with our audience
0: yeah absolutely it's a pleasure to be on the show i am uh really glad that you uh invited me on appreciate it
1: so there you go, listeners. Is another episode of Real Marketing, Real Fast. My guest today was Morgan Williams. He's a fellow marketer in Chicago, a podcaster, as you've heard, and he specializes in B two B lead generation for SaaS companies. Uh, he's in a beautiful part of the world. He's in Chicago, a place I like to I like to visit when the weather is nice, as we talked about before we got on air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, we, we've been there a few times, uh, not by choice in the bad weather, but uh, prefer to be in Chicago in the uh, in the sunny days. So I just to say thanks again for tuning in and uh, we look forward to serving you on our next episode that's all for this episode of real marketing real fast now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode that's dougmorneau.com until next time we look forward to serving you
0: right here on real marketing real fast